We should all be Zoichim and Shem to be there together soon. So, we have the schus to to be learning the Sefer Eretz Chayfetz from Abshayla's collection of Tarvis from Avkuk, from his Rebbe. And we were up to, we were up to Perik Hay, Seif the pages that were photostatted from before, from before I left, from Rav Abinir's commentary on this piece of the Oyer's like this piece of the Oyer's of Israel. As we've seen throughout Eretz Chayfetz, that Rav Shaila didn't have necessarily everything that we have now, all of the stuff that we have now, <coughs> or for whatever his reason was in terms of being Masada, this Sefer, he didn't always bring the entire piece from Rav Kook. This particular piece is one of the most difficult in the Iris of Eretz Yisrael, in the Sefer HaIris, the section on Eretz Yisrael. And the Lashon that we saw that Reb Shaila brought in Perik Hei Sif Hei, he, he just brought one sentence. <coughs> the one sentence that we learned, and we're going to review now, we're going to start, because it's already been some time, so we'll do, some, we'll do a little bit of Chazara. Today we'll, we'll be at least 50-60% Chazara, just to get back into the into the sugya. The Lashon of the Iris that Reb Shaila brought in Eretz Chayfetz was the great anticipation, the, anticipa- the anticipation, the tzipiyah. This whole parak is about tzipiyah Yeshua, the longing for Israel, our anticipation to return to Israel, Gula and so on, isn't just a feeling, isn't just a nice dream something which has an unbelievable impact upon our lives, and the actual materialization of the materialization of that of that dream, of that hope, to return. It's a very important part of of the Torah of Eretz is the Tzipi of Eretz In, in Rav Kook writing, writings, and the writings of his Talmudim, particularly Rav Yaakov Moshe Chalab, Zechitz Harakosavroch, and other tzaddikim, to be Mitzapali Yeshua. So here Rav Kook taught Again, there's only a little piece of the Iris Seiv Zayin, Eretz Yisrael, that I see Pilaras Bahadar Eretz Chemda, that the longing that we have to see, the splendor and the glory of the land of desire of Eretz Chemda, Hashkika Pnimis Eretz Yisrael, the deep inner yearning that a Jewish person has and that the Jewish people have for Eretz Yisrael, that yearning is Magdelas Es Oisius Akkaidash. Now, here's where it becomes very, very difficult. Of course, as, as he himself said often, everything that he was teaching, everything he was writing, is all rooted in the Kisvei Hari, in the teachings of the Riyak Kaddish. And since, A, we're not familiar with the Kisvei Hari, and they're very, very, very difficult, and B, even those people who are familiar, who have spent time with the Kisvei Hari, Rav Cook's translation of the ideas into his language and his way of thinking is itself very, very, very difficult to understand. So here, of Cook says that the tzipiyah that we have, the longing that we have for Eretz Yisrael is magdelas as oisius akaydish. It magnifies the oisius akaydish, the letters of the Allah base, the holy letters 
the Oisius HaKodesh, as Oisius HaChayim HaAtzmius HaYisraelius, Shebepnimi Yuseinu VaAtzmi Yuseinu. It magnifies, it strengthens, intensifies the letters of life, that are, lessons, that are the letters of the essence of Yisraelius, of Yiddishkeit, what it means to be a Jew. Shebepnimi Yuseinu VaAtzmi Yuseinu. In the deepest part of ourselves, who we are. So the tzipia for Yisrael is not just about Yisrael. <coughs> that the tzipia, that longing that we have for Yisrael, is something that has a tremendous influence over the oisias of our neshamas. Neshamas itself is, of course, the oisias, the letters themselves. But the oisias of the olive bays that somehow fill the neshama that these oisias, like the letters of the Urmatumim, that would shine, that the oisias shine brighter and are intensified through that longing that we have for Eretz Yisrael. itself is the Atmis and the Pneumis <coughs> of the Jewish people. It's our home, it's our place. And on a much deeper level, it's Mamish, the Atmis of the soul, Eretz Rabbi Yudalevi called it the breath of our lives, the neshama, of Yad neshama. That through the longing that we have for Yisrael, our entire Yiddishkeit is, is transformed. It's not just about Yisrael, it's about everything, Shabbos, and Tzvillim, and Olamokim, and Olamokim, Kashvis, Kedusha. Everything, everything is brought to a higher level as a result of a person's tzipil Yisrael. And the opposite, of course, is also true, that if a person's Yiddishkeit is one that is not <coughs> deeply connected to Yisrael, that connection is weak, the longing is not there, that has a negative influence upon the person's, upon the person's Isis, the person's letters. Now that's the part that Rav Shaila brought from Rav Kook. But that's not the whole picture of this particular seif, of this taira. So we already spent, I think, one or two shiurim on this, but we have to review a little bit. So the pages that you have, if you don't have them before, I made a couple of new ones, and if you don't have anything, just look inside with one of the chavah. This is seif Zion in the Iris of Yisrael, with Rav Avinir's commentary. So let's review quickly. Remember the way Rav Avinir does this. The letters that are highlighted are the letters of Rav Kuk's Lashen and everything before and after Rav Avinir's commentary. So we'll do, we'll review this and we'll go a little bit back over some of the notes and hopefully Be'ez Hashem that we'll be, we'll be back in the sugim before we know it. We'll, we'll be packing our suitcases in this session. Amen. Hamusagim bepiska shalafaneinu. This is ninety six, ninety seven, or one page that you just got. Hamusagim bepiska shalafaneinu lekuchim epnimis atayra. Rav Kook usually disguises things more. He, he disguises the Kabbalah things more, but in this particular place, he just lets, sort of lets loose. When he speaks about the oisius of the neshama, that's already he's he's taking off some of the. Coverings. 
In this Eve, Rav Kook is explaining the deep, deep connection, the nature of that connection that a Jew has to Eretz Yisrael. We see that even by Jews who don't feel a shaykhist to, to Yiddishkeit, even people who, who claim that they don't believe in, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they don't believe in Terimah Sinai, even people like that, that there's still, there's still a Kesha to Eretz Yisrael. There's still a Kesha to Eretz Yisrael. It's very scary because nowadays there are people that, that, that don't even feel that. But there's always been that, that feeling of a Kesha to Eretz Yisrael. So we need to understand this. It's, it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's not just a matter of, of, uh, of, of a homeland, of a place. The other people in the world have, have, their, have their place. They have Hashem. Yatsev Gula Samim. Hashem Baruch created a world where people have places to live. They have their countries. They have their homelands. It's obviously not such a thing. It's not geographical or political. It's not a matter of nostalgia, although people think it is. Or a safe haven, someplace where Jews can be safe from our enemies. All of those things are true, but that's not the Sherish Hadvar, it's not the Sherish, it's not the root of the connection of a Jew to Israel. So if Kukia describes what happens when there's that shidduch, that zivik, between a, an Ish Yisrael, a Jew, and Eretz Yisrael. What happens? Again, it might, the person might not feel it consciously, but what's taking place <coughs> when a Jew comes home, when a Jew comes to Eretz Yisrael? That's what Rav Kook is, in, these, in the few words of this if that's what Rav Kook is talking about. What is that zivik, that connection? We learned at the very beginning of the Shiurim that the relationship between the relationship between the Rebbeinu Shlalom, the relationship rather between between uh, Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael, is a relationship between Chasna Kal. We see this in Tanakh. We spoke about that at the very beginning. It's the of Chasna Kal. On a deeper level, I'm not going to go into Pratim with this right now, but on a deeper level, problems that are taking place, particularly at the end of time, that have to do with Shalom Bayes. The Shalom Bayes in a person's own home, wherever he's living, wherever husband and wife are living, whether it's in, whether it's in England or America or Paris, wherever they're living, the inyanim of Shalom Bayes are very, very much connected to what's happening in Eretz Yisrael. Since Eretz Yisrael is the place, is the Bayes of Am Yisrael and Akash Baruch Hu, that's the Bayes, that's the house in Yonim of Shalom Bayis, <coughs> are affected wherever Jews live, husbands and wives live, are affected by what's going on in Eretz Yisrael between Kuchibichu and Knesset Yisrael. What's happening? What's happening in Eretz Yisrael? In terms, both in terms of external disturbances like the Ishmaelim, the Arabs, and so on. And both in terms of inyonim that are taking place, lahavdol between Jews themselves in Eretz Yisrael, there are problems of shalom bayis. And even though you think, what the, what shaykhs do I have in my house here in the five towns? This husband and wife, what shaykhs does it have with what's going on in Tel Aviv? What's happening in Eretz Yisrael? It's a shaykhs. But it's 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 not true. It's a tremendous tremendous shalom bayis. Shalom Bayis is Eretz Yisrael. That's the bias of Am Yisrael. 
And whatever happens in Eretz Yisrael affects the Shalom Bayis. It, it affects everybody, even who's not married. But in particular, the Inyanim of Shalom Bayis are very much affected by what's happening in Eretz Yisrael. That connection is a connection of, of Ish V'Ish, of Chasna of chasn Kala. That's a very, very big Yisod in the Sram HaKadosh. HaNeshom Yikoach HaChaim Shabbatim, Rav Iner explains, that the Neshom is the Koach HaChaim Shabbatim, it's the source of life. And a person is the Neshama. HaChiyas Elokis Shabbatim. HaChiyas Elokus, that's within the person. It's the chilek elokamimah, that part of God that's within us, that gives us life. Near Hashem, nishmas adam. The candle of Hashem, nishmas adam. Haneshamazu mitziyus, nitzchis, akayemus lefnei haguf. The nisham is an eternal reality. It's a mitziyus nitzchis that existed before it ever was sent into that guf. And our Nishamas have already been in, in different groups from over the years. This is not the first time we've been here. The Nishamas have had different journeys. All of our Nishamas have already been to the world before. No matter how much you think you're like an original creation, your, your Nishama was already in this world before in a different goof. <coughs> the Nishama precedes the goof, and the Nishama is a, is a Metzias Nitzchus. The Nishama is before the goof, and after the goof. After the body dies and is thrown into the ground, the neshama is neshama nitzchis. The neshama is forever. Achrei haguf, omiyal haguf. It's before the guf. It's after the guf. It's higher than the guf. Rak pira katan mimenam mizgalav haguf. Only a little crumb of what the neshama is, a little tiny percentage of what the neshama is, is revealed in the guf. Obviously, it's sadik is megala much more of that reality. The avoid of our lives is his galus on the sham. The gala that reality of the neshama that's within us that takes us to something much higher than than, than the goof. It takes us to a different a different life altogether. And our avoid is his galus on the sham. It's to be megala that, but in most people, the neshama is experienced like a crumb, like a little crumb. And even by the tzaddik, it's not the entirety, but it's a much larger percentage of that chilek is experienced in the life of the tzaddik. So when you're with the tzaddik, you feel such a, a closeness to Hashem. Even if the tzaddik doesn't say anything, you feel his presence, you feel uh, his galus or lakus, you feel something. It's kind of a calm when the tzaddik teaches and talks to you. But even the presence of the tzaddik, is his galus or lakus, because in his life, there's been so much more of that essence that's been revealed, the oasis of who he is, are shining in a brighter way, they're highlighted, they're darker and deeper and richer. So in Mela, the everybody that's in the presence of the tzaddik is affected by that. And this is, and these are the words of Rav Kook. Mileyahi The neshama is filled with letters. Mileyahi The neshama is filled with oisius. Now, our way, of course, of thinking of the letters is only what we what we read. But everybody here knows and has been learning already for many, many years <coughs> that letters are not just the visible letters that we see on the page. That's the last stop. The last stop of the letter is what we read. 
what an aleph is, what a bez is. It's before the guf, before the body of the actual physical letter on the page. It's after the physical page. And it's higher than the page. With the oisius, the, the letters. Rav Cook has an entire sefer on the oisius, you know. Reish Milan on the oisius, on the letters. It's the hardest of all of the svarim. Rav Cook himself said that there are parts of it that it's hard for him to understand. That's <laughs> sefer Reish Milan. It's on the oisius. On the letters. It's a small cipher. It's on the letters. It's also on the Nakudas. So it's on the dots. Also. I'm trying to convince my wife to, to teach that shulis to go. She's scared because it's very scary. I said, we'll do it together. We'll learn it together. She said, you look at the first two or three words. Said, oh, forget it. It's on the tagin. It's also on the, on the crowns of the letters. The Nakudas, the, the tagin. The trap, you know, when you learn that, the trap. I know it's the trap in English. There's a word for that. There's some fancy word for cantillation. Silly word. But the the trap on the letters that moves the letters that moves the letters. The cheshek of the letters to move. The kudusakesef, the vowelization is the trap. And that Sefer Rishon of Cook has it's a Mashiach Sefer. That Sefer. There's a there's a Yid that in Eretz Yisrael that that wrote a, a parish on it now, but it's not a satisfied person. It's very very hard. Yeah, <clears throat> you could spend Mamish a year just learning with a segel with a shva, a stemsvei shva, not a shvanach. Just the, the vowels, the letters, the ices. The, the crowns, the tagging. So it's not just the, the, what we see on the page, the, the reading. That's the last stop. That's the final, final stop. Malayi on the Shama Isis. And the Shama is filled with Isis, with letters. So that's Rav Kuk. Rav Avinir writes Kishem Shaha Ulama Khumri. The same way that the physical world, of course, is composed of atoms, molecules that we don't see with our eyes. If somebody would have said hundreds of years ago, before the whole seas uh, of an atom was, and then later on uh, the smaller parts, before all of that was, was discovered, if somebody would have said that the Metsias that you're looking at is composed of, of really something else. Person would have said, "You're crazy. This is a table, is it? No, no. The table is that's the last stop. Is the is the table? There's something here that's before the table and after the table and it's higher than the table. And what's that called? Is the electrons and protons and neutrons and all this stuff? And so, what does that mean? So the olamachamri, we see that the physical world is more of meatom. It's composed of of atoms and so on." So kach haneshama morkevus meisius. The neshama is morkevus meisius. It's composed of isius of letters. That's when you cut open the neshama. You don't see the aleph base, but what the aleph is, the base, and so on, is malaya isius. Shehain 
molecules are yisoid, which are the basic like molecules. Harmakivas ayisa, from which the neshama is built, is composed. All creation, all of reality, that's what the Tanya talks about, of course, at the beginning of Shai Chodamun. The Isis of the Alabes. And all of creation. He ain't a mahava miksha achas, alakula mi Isis rabbis. The Nisham is not one thing. The Nisham is built of Isis. Hamachayas Isa, ba'achdus ba'harmonia. That give life. That give life to the Nishama through the actus and the harmonia, when there is harmony with the Oyseus. We spoke about this already a couple of months ago. It's very deeply connected to the person's Jewish name, obviously. And through that person's trying in his or her life <coughs> to accomplish what his or her Nishama was sent, was sent, the purpose of its being sent into the goof at this time, you make order of the Oysias. You make sense out of the letters. And they're put into a, a sequence that makes sense. And when that doesn't happen, then there's tremendous turbulence in a person. Because the Oysias are not Beseda, are not Kisidron. The Oysias are not in the right way. Things are not being spelled properly. Even this, even something like as, I, as I've been saying over and over, is even not using your Jewish name itself is a weakening of the uh, Oasis and the Seder Oasis and so on. <clears throat> Sometimes you have where a person has a name, where the name was given, and it was given. It was given without knowing what a name is, and was given was given with, with amaratsis, and then that 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 causes that name. That's not a healthy name. That's not a good name. It's not a kosher name. It can cause also turbulence. The oisius of the person. <coughs> Sometimes it needs to be fixed. It needs to be changed. The name added. Kiyadur. The way people choose names is. Uh, because I have many conversations every week with people who are, who are calling about this and, and the flippant way that people have, that choose names, like, you know, they, some name that they read in a book or their friend has, uh, is something like that, without paying attention to the family and Sadiqim and so on, just it sounds nice, it's, especially with girls I see with the mothers, that there's an Indian now with the young mothers, with the kinds of names they're coming up with, this they knew that if they love their babies if they only knew what kind of damage they're doing to their babies by taking these, these silly names, these ridiculous new names that they can, the kind of damage they're doing to Khalil. <coughs> and the aura that they're keeping from their children by coming up with a name like that they heard in a movie or something, they try to make it sound Jewish or whatever. I don't want to mention names because I should uh, insult somebody in the names. But some of the names that I'm hearing, the Chidushim, every year new names no, none of our mothers or grandmothers ever dreamt of such names. And 95% of the time, the father just wants a name like from a grandparent, like a regular Jewish name or a tzaddik, and the mothers want to have something like elegant. I, have, I get calls all the time. Somebody called me last week that, that um, the grandmother's name was Rachel. And, uh, the, and the wife was saying, 
she, I guess they never heard that, how hard I could be on people. So the wife, the wife said that um, she doesn't like the name Rachel. Is there any other name they can give that would be similar to Rachel that would give the grandmother a name? That's what she asked me. I said, what's wrong with the, what's wrong with the name Rachel? She said, no, I don't like it. So I said, you want to make it Rachel? Okay, that's, you want to make it more Israeli? Makes you feel better. I don't get that either, but you want to make it Rachel? She says, no, 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 I don't, I don't want this. Is there something that would be similar to Rachel, a different name? What do you want, Raquel? What do you want? <laughs> what do you... And the, the husband is, is dying from this. It's his, it's his uh, grandmother. And he just wants to call the baby Rachel. So that she'll only settle, and at the end she would settle, as they say, after like 15, 20 minutes back and forth, if there'll be another more uh, elegant name, it has to be different, because she wants to be different, there'll be a given name, and she'll also have Rachel. But she doesn't want that she be known like that in school or anything like that. And, and even then it has to be Rachel, not Rachel, but it has to be with another name, some, some name. And I said, what do you think of such names? And the guy just wants his grandmother to have it. It's a, a machla, mamish, a machla. If a person would know what kind of a, what kind of, or you're holding back, they're so nervous if the kid doesn't get into the camp that they want. There's much worse than not getting into the camp of your choice. He's giving some kind of a dumb name, some empty name. All right, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> The achtus, the achtus, the, the harmony, the achtus, the tranquility of a person is very much connected, comes from the letters of the person being in the right order, in the right way. Mitzvahs, Torah, mitzvahs, and so on, in the right way. These letters of life, the letters of creation, but now in the parashiyas of uh, we're coming to next week to Pasha's Truma. And Truma is Betzalo. And Betzalo, the Chachma Betzalo, the Binyan of the Mishkan, building the Mishkan is the, is the, is the universe. The universe is with, is with the with the ISIS of the Olive Base. And that's what Chazal say brings down here from the Gemara Brochus that Yadeya Haya Betzalo, Betzalo, Oisi Shnivu Ben It's what made Betzalo qualified, what qualified Betzalo to, to be the person to, to build the Mishkan was his knowledge, his ability to be mitzahar of the oisius of the olive base, to put the letters together, to put the letters together. Oisius ha'chaim ha'lalu, ha'mahava isis, livnais ha'binyin ha'ruchani shaladam, that are the spiritual building, the construction of a person. Ba'ashinim tso is the next page. And these letters are found in the souls of all human beings. And we're not going to go into discussion now, but even by Einim Yehudim, even by those who are not Jewish, who don't have a Nefesh Elokis, who don't have a Chelek Elokami Mal, there still, of course, is that reality of God within them as well, a much dimmer and different level of, of Elokus, which is not for, for now, but they also have everything that exists. It's the Isis of the Alabes, including including an Eina Yehudi and everything that exists. Oh, and the table also. Everything that exists. 
But it's very, very different the way that, it, that those ISIS are operating inside of, of a Jew. Hey, Malayos, Rav Cook's words, Malayos Orchayim are filled with the light of life. Lorak, Rav writes, Lorak or Stami. But an earth that gives life. Kiyum Umetsiyas gives existence. Uba Makbil, Haisiyas, Halalu, and these letters are Maleos, Rav Kook writes, those are Rav Kook's words. Maleos, Deya, Verotsna, filled with Deya, with Das, with understanding. And Rotsna, and will, and desire. Before we go further, if you look on, just at the, uh, on, on that, on the page, the same page, just on the right side, five lines down in the note, you see, Ube Emes Lazed Lava? In the note, on page 98, I the letter that came out 98, huh? On the right side of the, of that, in the note, like five lines down, it says, Ube Emes Lazed Lava, you see? Ube Emes Lazed Lava Nasa Lichyos is a Torah since all of the icy is all of the he brings from he brings from the peace that's now also and from all the tzaddikim tanya from the darach melech from the from the eishkaris from peace since these icy are the foundation of our existence the essence of the soul. They take shape and form in the Oasis of Torah when we open up the Torah. Torah Shabbat Sav and also now Torah Shabbat Peh that was put into letters. And therefore, it's possible and it has been done for a person to know in the deepest way Torah by gazing within himself into the, into the essence of who he is. I said before that a tzaddik is able to is able to reveal on a deeper level those ICS of who he is. So we know that the others knew the Torah Kula. How they observed it, in what way it was observed, that's not for now. But they, but Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, the others, the Imaos, they knew Kala Torah Kula. They knew, they knew Torah. All of Torah. And, and Chazal asked, how did Avram Avinu know the Torah? So he says he looked at his kidneys. He looked inside of himself. Meaning that he looked at the ISIS of his neshama. Since the ISIS of the neshama materialize in Torah, or the ISIS of Torah, so they were able to see, they were able to see Torah through looking within themselves. Through that deepest way of looking at, at oneself, one is able to see the ISIS of Torah. Even people like us uh, have, can't understand that at all, what that means. We don't know what that means. I'm looking at it, we know what that means. But even people like us can feel when you when you, when you meet that Torah, that's the Torah of you and the Shah. Because the thing, we, look, we spoke about this many times, that it means that every Jew has the ICS, all of the ICS, all of the letters of Torah, but there are certain ICS that are highlighted, which is that person's chalik in Torah. 
right? Each one of us has a certain chilek in Torah. We specialize. Everybody has a specialty. Whatever that is, there's a specialty. And in this Gilgal that we're in right now, Hashem Ezbar sent us to be able to, to concentrate, to learn whatever we can, but to concentrate on those oisias that are highlighted in our Nishamas. Because that's the chilek of our Torah. That's so much connected to Pasha's Truma. It's a beginning to talk more about that in Pasha's Truma. But, but that's, that's the letters of a person who a person is. And therefore, you could be, you could be learning Torah when you're five years old, ten years old, fifteen. And then something you hear, you go to a shir, you look in a sefer, and you feel like, oh, that's it. That's, those are my ICs. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hear that until now. Those are my ACs. For another person, it's, it's not. For another person, it's tired, it's beautiful, it's holy. But it's not the ACs that are baltized. It's not the letters that are highlighted. It's not his It's not his chalik. Of course, there are many teachers who unfortunately just say that my letters must be your letters. I'm not, without going to that sugi right now. And there are Casualties as we speak, there are kids who are being executed in schools all over the place. But there are others who are being brought to life. And the letters are the letters, when you hear letters that are from your ne- neck of the woods, that are from your neighborhood, you feel like, ah, oh, this is something that I'm familiar I heard this before. I heard this before. It's something that I, because it's. It's mamish, the letters that are boltais, that are accentuated in you. And that's the Maishu Rabbeinu inside of you, who's giving the type Maishu Rabbeinu screaming at each and every one of us inside of us. There's a Maishu Rabbeinu that's screaming. That wants us to be makabal the Torah. Not to be makabal the Torah, but zichru Torah is Maishu Avdi. Zichru Torah, to remember the Torah. Remember the Torah means bechlal, but bifrat, particularly your Torah. Maishu Rabbeinu is giving each and every one of us our own particular Torah. It's the regular, it's part of the Torah, but it's that part of the Torah. It's that part of Torah that each one of us is supposed to be Megala Befrat, particularly in our lives. The Moshe Benu is screaming to each one of us to be Makabu. And that's the deeper meaning of the last Navu of all of, all of the Navim, which is Zichru Torah's Moshe. Remember the Torah of Moshe. What do you have to remember? Everything is written. What do you have to remember? Zichru Torah's Moshe. How do you remember the Torah of Moshe Benu? The Swarm say, all of Torah is written, but remember that you have your Torah. And it's easy to get lost because you hear somebody screaming to you all the time that, no, that's not your, that's not your chalik in Torah. Your chalik is my chalik in Torah. It happens that I know this part of Torah. That's the only part that I could teach. So now it must be that that's your chalik as well. And the kid says, well, the kid or the adult says, no, it's not. And the person's not, not excited, not enlivened. Not a, he's waiting to hear his Torah. He's waiting to hear that, that Torah. When he hears that Torah, wow. Sometimes he can't hear it at a certain time. He can only hear it later because of Klippus. He can't hear it at a certain time. And even though he's exposed to it at an earlier time, he doesn't hear it. But then later on, when he hears those letters, and that's why, now let's read so even people like us, I was saying, 
even even simple Jews are able to to, to feel oh something there's something natural about this Torah. You know how sometimes you try to learn something and you you knock your head and it's and the next guy like he gets it right. That's a, that's his Torah. Some, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try. It doesn't mean that everything that's your chela comes easily, but it it, it, it it comes more easily. And you feel, and even if it doesn't come easily, you feel like I'm not letting go of this. But then sometimes he hears something, he say, he tried, and I don't know. And it's just a mitzvah to move on. And the person that the person that's next to you, and even though you might be, you might do better in IQ than this person, the person says you don't understand. You don't understand it. You know, you don't. No. And tomorrow it'll be the reverse, the other way. That you're going to say something, you don't see that, you know. And I'll say, no. It's, you don't make yourself crazy about these things, you just go right. But that's, he, he stumbled upon something that's his own, and it's not yours. It, all of Torah is every Jews, but it's not the fret, it's not yours, and it's hard for you. It doesn't go. The, the Gemara says, It's that part of Torah that you have a longing for. We're not talking about little kids that don't... Uh, you have to learn whatever they're being taught. But but as you mature, you have a sense of what is it that your heart is connected to? What do you what do you hear? What do you hear? What resonates with you? And then you could focus on that most of your time. You know, people tell you you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to because that the person who's telling you you're not allowed to, that's not his chalik. So he's telling that you're not allowed to. And he'll bring you something from a safer that says you're not allowed to. And the one who wrote the safe is also from that that time. Doesn't make a difference, even if it's a safe that's two hundred years old. Doesn't make a difference. Pnimis at Torah is what Rav Kook is talking about. Tzad Pnimis is the deepest truth of Torah. Is that what one person's Torah is not your Torah, and what one person hears is not the same thing that you hear at the Moshe Rabbeinu. The same way when the Torah was given, each person heard it in his own way. I am Hashem, your God. And every Jew at Hashem, I heard the Torah and received it in his way, understands it in his way. And because of that, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be an unbelievable thing. And that's what Rav Avinir brings over here. See, the Torah that's not your Torah Bifrat, you can still learn it, we still have to learn everything we can. But it doesn't come naturally to you, right? That's what we're talking about. It's not natural. You try to, you try to get it, it doesn't come naturally. It's, it feels like it's a second language, you know? It doesn't come naturally. Your terror, you feel a bit tivious. Oh, now, you know, they're playing my song. <laughs> you feel a bit tivious. But tivious, that it's natural. Ah, oh, So what's going to be when Mashiach comes? So Be'emes, look in that note. Be'emes, it's not 140, it's the end of note 140. With the MS, in truth, in truth, lost a lover in the future, Nachzer Lichia is a Torah Surativis. We're going to return and live Torah in a natural way. In a natural way. Mitoch has Roman Nishmosis. Of course, writes about this in a number of places. He brings it from one of the letters, but in many places he writes about this. Mitoch has Roma nishmosis, bepnim pnimis, as it says in the Pasuk, ki zois habris, or she'echreis as beis Yisrael, achrei hayom mahem nul mashem, 
that the bris that I'm going to make, the covenant that I'm going to make with, with Beis Yisrael at the end of time, after all of the days of history, Nasati es tairasi bekirbam. I will give you the Torah in such a way, bekirbam, that you'll feel it coming from within you. Nasati es tairasi bekirbam. Not like something that's outside, like you have to learn, because someone told you to learn it. But bekirbam. Again, now we can feel that with our chelik and Torah also, that it's mekirbenim. Is the part that's not your part of Torah, you know, well connected to the whole Torah. I don't want there to be a mistake with that. But the part that's not your specific part of Torah, when you learn it, you always feel like somebody's teaching you from outside of yourself. You know what I mean, right? You feel like if someone's trying to teach you. And when you're reading the Sefer, you feel like someone here is coming to impose something upon my brain and my heart, and, I'm, and I want to try my best. But when it's your Torah, you don't feel like it's an outside voice. Then you feel like it's something that's talking inside of you. And after you learn that part of Torah, you feel like, oh, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I, I, could, I, I, I could have said that. I'm not smart enough, I don't know enough, but I could have said that. It's, I could have said such a thing. You feel that. So when Mashiach comes, the Pasuk says, I'm going to inscribe it upon their hearts. Not any more like an outside thing. When that bris will be such a strong bris that will be revealed at the end. And therefore, it won't be necessary for one person to teach another person. That doesn't mean they're not going to be shiurim and so on. But it won't be in such a way where you're going to feel that it's coming with something that's not you. That somebody has to force it into you. Force it into you. You're not going to have to somebody, You're not going to need somebody screaming at you from the outside saying, "Do as Hashem." Listen, you, you have to know Hashem. You have to. You have to learn. You have to understand this. It's not going to be in such a way. Everybody, Hashem says, will know me, from the smallest Jew to the biggest Jew, from little person to a big person. Everybody will know me. Num Hashem. How is that? I'm going to forgive them for all of their sins and none of the sins are going to be remembered or I'm not going to remember any of them they're all going to be gone because the sins of course create this blockage it creates the, the, these growths on the oasis that cover the oasis and we get out of contact we become out of touch with the letters and we don't see the letters we don't feel the letters it's like, again that's why the tzaddik is but tzaddik doesn't have or has much thinner coverings over the letters. But but regular people, the Aveyus, are covering the letters very much. That's what it says in Yirmiya. <coughs> and Rav Kook writes in Erzakaydish, In the past, I gave the Torah within you. It's a very deep sentence. In the past, what I gave you was the Torah. I gave that within you, was the Torah. What's going to be revealed in the future is that the Torah that Hashem placed within us is life itself. But don't feel that now. Again, Sadiqim feel that. But regular people, they don't feel that. They manage without it. It's not, it's not Chayim. 
it's not we say but you don't feel when something exists within you because of the nature it's the nature of who you are it's what you're made of then when it's missing you feel that you you, you can't breathe you feel that you're missing life so a bocha could say in yeshiva the whole year came when it comes to Ben he doesn't touch a safe. And every shmuz that he heard, the entire man was how the Torah is your life. And he's nodding his head and writing notes and recording it. And then, you know, ben azmanim, you, you know, you can't get him to look in his safe. He barely will go to hear the laning of the parasha. That's, you know, he'll go here to, to hear the laning. But to look inside, I'm ben azmanim, I'm off right now. Nobody says that when it comes to oxygen. No, I'm not breathing right now, I'm off. Because right now, the Torah, we feel it in an unnatural way. It's not betivious. Don't feel that it's who I am. It's just something that I do. Something that I study. Something that I learn. It's a way that I try to live to do my best to adjust my life to this life that God has in mind for me. But I have to make all these adjustments. And a lot of people, they don't do it that way. They just try to adjust the Torah to the other way. They go the backwards. They try to make the Torah fit their lives. So the lady wants to dance with the Savior Torah, so she makes the Torah fit that. Without going to Nairichus, understand that the, this is what's a very, very common thing. Because Arkidekach is Torah separated from life, that I have to try to make the Torah be my life. So I have to change the Torah to fit my life. Instead of, instead of my life being adjusted to the Torah, I have to make the Torah fit my life. And since in my life I don't like the fact that I'm not supposed to be dancing with the Torah, it makes me feel worthless, it makes me feel bad, it makes me feel less than my husband or my brother. So I'm going to come up with a new thing. I'm going to come up with a new Torah that says that I could dance with the Sefer Torah by the Akafis. I could put on till and whatever. And this way I feel good. So you made the Torah fit into your life as opposed to the, your life being Torah. If your life is Torah, like by our grandmothers, they didn't have such a need. Because this is who I am. Because the other way. Because when the Torah is your life, it's natural to you. When the Torah is not your life, it's unnatural. People don't want to feel unnatural. So they have to try to fix the Torah to make all kinds of changes in the Torah that it should... Ah, now it feels good. Now I feel the Torah feels natural to me. Now it feels good. Now I feel that God loves me because he, he gave me also the dance. Now I feel that God loves me. But if I'm sitting on the side, I feel that God doesn't love me. So it's unnatural to me. When Mashiach comes, there's not going to be any more of this business of it feeling unnatural. Of it being forced. It's an unbelievable thing that's going to be. That's what it means. That all of these years of Golas, like a subject. It's called Torah. And mitzvahs, things to learn, things to do. In the future, I'm going to give you life. When you feel it's your life, you don't mess with it, you know. I never saw anybody that's, that, that, that's God forbid, lying in the hospital and he's connected to all kinds of tubes. And the biggest, he's got the biggest maven, the biggest doctor, and the doctor comes in. And the doctor says, okay, I think at this point we need to do this uh, and to do this, and you know, to put in something else into the tube to help you with your breathing and so on. And when the doctor walks out of the room, the nurse, you look around a little bit and you, and you take something out of your pocket and you pour it into the you know, <laughs> you have a mashug that does or something. Pulls off the tube and pours it. He likes to have a little chocolate inside. 
The doctor says, I'm giving you life. What are you messing with it? You don't mess with that. What do you know about it? You're changing it that should fit you because you like chocolate. So you feel bad that your whole life you're, you're having chocolate. And then this, the doctor gave you something without chocolate. So you know you don't taste it. You want at least it should, should go into you. So you put chocolate into your, into your, uh, into your veins or something. Kill you. But this is what people, this is what people do all the time. Especially in our generation, because it's it's a very big design before Mashiach comes. Because when Mashiach comes, this is what's going to be, what we're learning right now. When all of the coverings are taken away, it's going to be Mechaya. Ah, Torah is a Mechaya. That's who I am. I don't have to try to change the Torah to fit what I think I am. Then the Oisius will be clear that these are the Oisius of Torah, the Oisius of my Neshama. And the person will feel naturally that this is a machaya. Not that I have to force myself to do this. It's a machaya. When Mashiach comes, we're no longer going to observe the mitzvahs. Like a kid who's being told that you have to brush your teeth. When you get older, the kid understands that these are my teeth. I've got to take care of them. When he's little, when he's little, all he hears is that there's some kind of a pyro that's standing over him. And the power is telling him, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. It's like pyro. I don't want to brush my teeth, brush your teeth. It's good for you. It's enough for me that I brush my teeth. So he's forced to brush his teeth. As the kid matures, then he feels, no, these are my teeth. I have to take care of them. And even then he can still hear it as an outside voice. It's only a silly muscle. The deepest thing, of course, is when the person is a machai. You know what it's like when you tell, if you like go to a nine-year-old boy, and you tell a nine-year-old boy, and you know, and there's a, on the other side of the room is a little, like, eight-year-old girl. And the boy doesn't want to have anything to do with the girl, because, you know, the, the boys, the guys, doesn't have anything to do with the girl. And then some silly adult goes over and says, you know, that when you're going to be older, you're going to be in love with and you're going to marry one of those girls. The boy gets mamish, like, nauseous from that, right? <laughs> it makes him sick. You tell him, one of those... And it's even worse if you tell a girl, one of those, because the guys are, it's a much sadder situation. So you tell the girl, you see one of those guys, these guys like goofing around, you're going to marry one of those boys. See that little guy there, Yanko's cute? And the girl goes, yuck, yuck. And then, and then it's an interesting thing. 12, 13 years later, we can't keep those two apart. It's the teller. But... Until that time, is they don't feel that teva. When you're a little kid, you don't. It's not you don't feel that teva. That's how we are before Mashiach comes. When it comes to doing a mitzvah, you feel like. Uh, when it comes to when it comes, to, you know they have now an interesting thing. And my wife is showing me that in one of the Jewish magazines, they're advertising a new because we don't have enough desserts. So they're advertising a new dessert. And, and it writes on the advertisement, it's in a very firm magazine. It writes in the, in the advertisement like a taste of decadence. Do you ever look up in the dictionary what decadence means? <laughs> you look up in the dictionary? Can you do that? Can you Google that? Just, just read decadence, what it means. Immoral, corrupt. 
Just yeah, the ECs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> Moral or cultural decline is, char- is characterized by excessive indulgence in pleasure or luxury. Okay, you got it. <laughs> What's that doing in the Jewish magazine? They're arguing over whether you should celebrate Rabashkin coming out, you shouldn't celebrate Rabashkin coming out. These are the arguments. What do you have? And then they're saying you have a whole full page with a cake covered with chocolate syrup, five layers, with, with like three dead chastilim with their faces in it, and then it says decadence. Was it? Taloshin. So then, uh, so then uh, how are you supposed to feel with such decadence? How are you supposed to feel a connection to Torah Mitzvahs? What's with Torah Mitzvahs? Decadence. So a person has a tire for a piece of chocolate. Not that I, I don't. We all, everybody likes to have something that tastes good. But Adkadekach, the Jews should use such a word for food. Decadence. Which the God used for food for a long time, with that word. But that Jews and people are Shema Torah Mitzvahs? Should use such a word for food, decadence? Maybe someone could write a letter to the editor of these magazines, with all these Jewish magazines, to say, do you know this is the definition of decadence? And you're promoting observance of Torah mitzvahs, and you have on the cover a picture of a tzaddik or something, and inside you have one advertisement after the other, and the, the Pesach advertisements, where you could have a, a week, uh, and Yantav Shani, all decadence. <laughs> a week of decadence. And the advertisements that say that you'll feel, now you're going to feel free. Experience the freedom of Pesach through the decadence. You'll experience the freedom of, of Pesach. Now, so how, so how are you supposed to feel that it's natural? So the mitzvahs come to you. Here you're in the middle of your decadence, and someone comes along and says, you got slichas <coughs> tomorrow morning. You have a matzah Shabbos with big decadence, right? And then, uh, oh, matzah Shabbos, you have to go to slichas. Okay, so the next Monday morning, slichas. So Sunday you were Sunday you were you were the Super Bowl or something, and you got together with a whole minion and you're eating you know and stuffing yourselves with old decadence, and then Sunday morning you have a, I guess that's World Series time not Super Bowl time, so Sunday morning, so Sunday morning then you have uh, you have slichas. So what feels more natural to you, the decadence or the slichas? What could you live without? What would be easier to give up? The decadence or the slichas? If you have to vote, what would you give up, slichas or decadence? So we're living in a time where the person, would, unfortunately, would, he wouldn't say it, but if someone would say that God won't punish me and you can give up slichas, wow. Potter from slichas. Svadim have a whole month of slichas. But they seem to be happy saying it. It's an amazing thing about them. They sing. Yeah, I know. The same, and they say the same slichas every day. Mm-hmm. And they're happy. But you can't get an Ashkenazi to do that. He's, he has a different slichas every day, and he's miserable. The Svadim happy a whole month singing slichas, and Ashkenazi is like all broken over saying every day a different one for three days. If it's a long week, you know, if you get one of those years, <laughs> like you get the whole week. Everybody's so excited, it was like you got the minimum in, you know, the four days. Ah, but the Svadim is singing the happy the whole week. The whole month, not the whole week, the whole month is singing slichas. Get up an hour earlier. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. There's explanations for that. What happened to the Ashkenazim like that? With the Muscolus that we got by being in Europe, with the with Edom in Europe, the Ashkolos that we got, they made Yiddishkeit so unnatural. But Asfadi feels that Yiddishkeit is his, is his, is his blood, and then Ashkenazi feels that Yiddishkeit is something from the outside. It's an interesting thing. You see that by Asfadi, even ones who are not religious, 
whatever they have, it's all like teva. I'm just coming back from like 500 conversations with taxi drivers. <laughs> and I just saw these guys. Uh, so the, the, the unbelievable conversations I had, like how many times I had to just like tell the guy, stop the meeting, we're sitting and talking for half hour afterwards. <laughs> these guys. With the conversations with these guys. Kvod Rabbeinu this and Rabbi that and talking conversations. Like natural tivius mamish. Teva, teva, teva. But Ashkenazi is like a lesson, a lesson from outside. It's an interesting thing how we were damaged by being in Europe. How much we were damaged over there in that place. The Haskola, the Muscolas. The other problems that our brothers and sisters of the Sarim had to deal with. But it didn't go to such a place. It didn't go to the seichel, the moichin of a Jew, the nesham. It didn't go to such a place by the svar. See, even a Jew, even a svar that's not religious, it feels like this is. It's really who I am. I'm just temporarily like not behaving. I'm temporarily not doing what I can. But if you, if you, the second you yell at him, what's the matter with you? You're not putting on film. He starts to, he starts to cry. I will. I will. I. You tell an Ashkenazi, how come you're not putting on the phone? He says, who says that you have to put on the phone? <laughs> says, you're right, you're right, I will. So, you know, it starts like this. And then you say, what would your grandfather think? He says, oh, my grandfather was tzaddik, tzaddik, tzaddik. In Ashkenazi, my grandfather knew what he was talking about. He was subject to all the superstitions of the, of the, of the rabbis. Every, every in your life you'll never hear Svati say such a thing even if he's totally not religious even if he's like a member of the mafia he wouldn't say that there's superstitions that Yiddishkeit is superstitions mm. it's an interesting thing that there's more of a teva <coughs> but that's what Rav Kook is talking about when Mashiach comes we're not going to keep we'll finish in a second the Chayas when Mashiach comes we're going to keep Yiddishkeit we'll feel that it's Etzam Achayim the Oisi it's Mamash Hashayim we don't have to concentrate when we breathe. If a person's healthy, then the breathing comes like that. That's how it is. That's who I am. This deeper says in the future, mitzvahs are betels. Doesn't mean we're not going to keep mitzvahs. It means the feeling of it being a mitzvah is going to be bottled, and the feeling like I want this is going to be what we're going to have. That's what it means. Mitzvahs betels. Mitzvahs are going to be canceled. God forbid. We're going to keep mitzvahs, lots of love, all the mitzvahs. But the mitzvah aspect, that feeling that someone's standing over me telling me to do it, that's bottle. We're not going to have that anymore. It's going to be, ah, it's machai. I want to do this. Like Avram Avinu within himself, I feel this. I mamish want to do this. Those who are connected to, to Pneum is a terror and to Teres Chesidus. And the Valshama Kodesh, the whole Indian is Ayman al-Dawiz. I'm bringing out that aspect of, of the Isis, of the Chiyas, of Teres. I will continue with Shema. Can you hold on to the page? What page do you have it? We have it. Let's put everything in. I know one. Turn it up.